everybody. Um, we are back again. It's it's been uh, it's been a pretty good run of fixtures. I'm not gonna lie. Um, and weather is is never an easy place to go to. Uh, let alone um, get all three points and get out. Um, I guess our team did a brilliant job in the second primarily, half. Yeah, yeah. Primarily, game management was was phenomenal. Um, it's it's very pleasing to watch that we see out games comfortably, and you know, usually Real Madrid does it the hard way, um, just taking it to the wire. But yesterday, even though we had some iffy moments, especially in the first half, which was um, again down to. Um, Bad pressing, in my opinion, but but still we got away with it. Um, our defenders were phenomenal. Militao and Alava looked the part. Um, I, I haven't seen a better um, game by 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 the pairing um, in the season. Yesterday they they were just uh, monumental to how we uh, got away with the clean sheet. Yo, Mo, uh, is it just me or is like Sunaid kind of sad that we won the game? <laughs> you <laughs> say that. And I'm not sad. I'm just being like, diplomatic. You know, he's saying, okay, I'm. it's interesting. I'm happy. But like, you're kind of seeing like, there's no emotion there. At least, now see, now he's smiling. <laughs> it, it's, it, it's because I've, like, I have, since I'm the host, I have to be a little more neutral. Like, I can't be jumping up and around. And we shouldn't be either. That's what I want to tell you guys. Like, we shouldn't be either because you, you saw what happened uh, during the first 20 games. Benzema pulled up and, like, he had to come off. Which I, I, I think uh, to Farouk's point, actually, um, I, I am happy about the fact that we won, uh, you know, against Real Sociedad. Uh, the, the best thing is that uh, I think this was our eighth win on the trot. So, mm-hmm. uh, and uh, you, the even better thing was like George finally scored. Uh, you know, the, the, That's it, it, it did a lot of good to that guy's confidence. To be honest, and, you know, like the second half without Benzema and that second half without Benzema, that's the fun about it. That's the interesting thing, you know? Yeah. Okay, obviously, I'm not saying, obviously, Jovic is the second game coming of Christian. Obviously, no, but like it was that, like, the guy was literally in the game. He was there. Yeah. He was there. Yeah, yeah the thing is, like, um, uh, with Luka Jovic, <laughs> um, I think uh, before, or, like, uh, the, the point I was trying to make was, like, we had some really good things, uh, especially with Militao's improved form and the fact that we were finally able to defend crosses and, mm-hmm. you know, corners and set pieces. Uh, but but it came with the sad stuff. I think maybe uh, Suned is feeling a little bit down because he's missing Benzema from the field. So that could be the reason. Uh, I think Benzema's injury uh, is a bigger story than we think. But I was uh, I was happy for Jovic because uh, when he came on, I did not expect much from, from him. And But in the second half, like, he kind of proved me wrong. I won't say he proved me wrong. I would rather say that uh, he did something that I did not expect him to do. Yeah, he surprised you, I guess. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He surprised <laughs> me. Uh, so I think overall, uh, I'm pretty happy. Uh, three points, we go on, I guess. And you know, winning against La Real is always a happy occasion. So I'd be happy, man. Be happy. You I'm won happy. with a win, man. I'm happy. Uh, you, you know probably why I might be a little under the weather. It's because, remember, Farouk, uh, how me and uh, Nodo used to take turns to slaughter Jovic? Jovic. <laughs> Unfortunately, we can't do that today. Uh, 
you know like i'm i'm lacking the strength of being so humble pies by our by our players and that's it's so uh, satisfying because we at the end of the day we all want them to do well like we have nothing against them we have nothing personal against them we just want them to succeed and yesterday uh, i saw a man who came on looking rusty came on looking uh, you know no any a match fit uh, trying you know trying to do something trying to ignite something out of nothing and eventually his his persistence paid off um you know the way he held up the ball for the first goal like you know classic number 9 stuff um pe- people often including me and our panel often overlook that you know uh due to uh due to how the modern game uh portrays like strikers we very much overlook uh the hold up play uh, how how much of a part it is like even, even though benzema does it does it to uh a good extent uh he isn't exactly your banisteroy or your you know the classic um uh, you know like tall uh lanky uh center forward but yovich they did did some things like that yesterday that helped us keep the ball like uh find uh players in open spaces um, move the ball between the front three so yeah big ups to him man like uh i th- i think uh, to to your point sunet i think uh, the thing is like uh, our perception uh, not just uh, as fans of real madrid but as fans of la liga uh, mm. it sort of has changed because of the kind of strikers that la liga has had in the last 10 years you know um if you look at benzema benzema is a guy who's uh, very dynamic and mm-hmm. you know he's very good with the ball at his feet outside and inside the box mm-hmm. and and then it's just not real madrid if you look outside of real madrid even barcelona they had luis suarez you know uh, luis yeah. suarez is also very is a very dynamic striker at least he was in his prime mm-hmm. you know he he was good with the ball at his feet uh, he yeah. he could play on either wings or even even through the center both of them mm-hmm. can hold up the play and you know and do everything that a modern striker should be doing in the in the present way the game is played and i mm-hmm. think uh we often fail to recognize how great these players are because they yeah. are overshadowed by the likes of messi and ronaldo mm-hmm. but uh the strikers like uh, suarez and benzema are very rare and i think it's really tough to see players of that mold coming through again you know uh even yeah. uh, even if you look around it's like the likes of lewandowski they have a different mm-hmm. play style they're not exactly like benzema they're, they're and, not seen more of a classic number nine yeah so i think uh and when you look around at the uh, up and coming guys people like uh let's say erling haaland uh, mm-hmm. these guys are more in the mode of classic nines than yeah. uh, players like benzema and suarez and you know there's a certain joy to watching how benzema and suarez play the game because they're like they're very good on the ball they can yeah. hold the play when it, when it, when the, when there's a need they can uh, switch to the wings they can create spaces and i think these these players are very special and uh, i think jovic to a certain extent has been yeah. suffering because uh, people have uh, different expectations from strikers these days especially madrid fans yeah <clears throat> but actually, i think rather than you know focusing on jovic or lack thereof i think it's the point sunid made earlier it's like the minitao alaba partnership literally came to life this game Yeah. Like like they were like I don't know it was they were like literally every expression in Minitao like he was just popping up here and there left and right you know center mm-hmm. back he was like yeah this But is what we did. Did you see that compilation that ESPN made for Militao? Yeah, I saw it. I saw yeah. it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. 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 Y
yeah i so, i wish uh, like you know i i if we could run that uh, compilation for ale moreno every day on espn because <laughs> you know that guy always is militar is a defender who has one mistake in him and you know militar yesterday was like it was kind of like yeah. spotless he, he, actually yesterday ale moreno was also the commentator for the yeah yeah, yeah i remember i remember yeah. But you yeah. know, it's like uh, Militao really like uh, to quote some it served him a humble pie yesterday. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Not that Alan Moreno needs any more pies, but you know, you, I, I think uh, Militao really uh, shut up his doubters with with his performance yeah. yesterday. Actually, you know, when, I, when I was watching the game, I think in the 16th minute, when Benzema pulled the muscle, and I was like, "Yeah, this is just what we talked about." It was like we predicted this. Yeah. You know, it, like we literally talked about this just before the game. You know, and really, it's—I don't know—it's unfortunate. You know, like because the point is, I think we've been here before. Like, if you guys could recall, like in the quarterfinals against Juventus, I think in uh, 2015, mm-hmm. right? We yeah. played with Chicharito. We played with—I uh, can't recall, but I know, like, we played like just. Even I think with Arbelo and so on and so forth, you know, even then when Carvalho was there, because why Benzema was out, like everyone literally was out because why they overplayed its muscle injuries over and over again. And like, what do we expect? Like, this is the this is the thing actually. Although like I felt like I I, I know I said that it's maybe may was logical from Carlo to think okay, like I have a heavy fixture list, get through mm-hmm. the fixtures with my best eleven possible, and you know. Mm-hmm. Eventually, then start to rotate with the lesser guys because then most likely you're like 15 points clear, and then you're good to go even if you lose three matches. You're still at the top and nothing to lose. You understand? But mm. just feel like then it happens, and you see like Modric is still playing 90 minutes. Yeah, and Vinicius is still playing 90 minutes. Okay, like Vinicius is young and whatever, but like why is Modric playing 90 minutes? And you know we talked about this like Cruz has retired from international football, so maybe he is even more fresher than Modric. You know. And like, mm-hmm. why was he playing 90 minutes? Because to be honest, like, Modric is old and he's no, he doesn't have the legs anymore. But still, he's still the best midfielder in La Liga. That's just it. He's still the best midfielder in La Liga, whether you want it or not. That, that, you know, sometimes when he, when we uh, start emphasizing Modric's age, I start start thinking of him like he's 60 or something. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but, but you know, uh, I think you're making a good point. Uh, the only explanation that I can think of for uh, Carlo leaving uh, Modric on. Was maybe that he's not going to start him against Inter, you know? Yeah. Maybe Fede starts, but uh, I think that's uh, that's that's asking for too much, is it? I don't know, man. I to be honest, I'll not be surprised if I see Modric against Inter at all. I would so, yes. take the chance because we just need a draw. Um, if I'm not mistaken, to go first, so yeah. Yeah, just a draw is enough for us. Just a draw is enough. We should definitely be benching um, Cruz and Modric if it allows us to do it, and let them like if 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 shit hits the fan, let let them come on like um, after 60 or something, you know. Well, the guy guys actually, what I feel now is that okay, shit hits the fan, but the point is you 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 can even defeat Inter and face and face Paris Saint Germain. Then what's the point? Okay, for me, uh, the the question of rotation is an interesting one. You know. Um, Okay, I I I have agreed that our midfield needs rotation, especially uh, Modric, because uh, for the past two times I've been predicting that Carlo will finally give Modric a rest and start Fede, but it has not happened. <coughs> so, anyways, but I think uh, the thing, the issue here is like uh, the guy who got injured was Benzema, and I think neither of one of us would have said that let's rest Benzema for Jovic, you know. So <laughs> it's like even if rotation had happened, we wouldn't have happened. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In that position. 
In the yeah. realistic world, uh, in the realistic world, where we, we have uh, ample backup, like I would want Benzema to rest here and there, like especially mid week games, um, especially like uh, no, uh, not away to Tosirad, no, but you know your games like Mallorca, Granada, and stuff like those, you know he can he can just take take a day off, and we should we should be looking towards giving these guys rest, man. Like I don't know how they can. I think, I think uh, the most important thing to highlight here is like uh, the drop off between Benzema and Jovic is just too big, and especially Jovic being, uh, you know, short of confidence. I think mm. uh, Jovic has really not settled in La Liga, so mm. I think that has uh, that has uh, bred a hesitation in uh, mm. Carlo and Zidane before him to trust him mm. and to take Benzema off. I think uh, today I was reading that uh, Real Madrid they plan to send Jovic out again. Maybe on loan or as transfer, but um, let's see how he does in the coming games. You know, because I'm pretty sure he's going to start against Inter, and mm. maybe that can help him. But uh, overall, I think uh, probably that if uh, it, if it doesn't work out with Jovic, maybe we should be looking at bringing Raul de Thomas back. RDT, no man. Like I think the point is, is like it's very difficult to compete with current Benzema because you can take in the teams who have top strikers, even Lewandowski, who is the backup at Bayern. Uh, you know, the thing seat. is, the thing the is like uh, division two of England, Eric oh. You know, so like the point is like when you take all the top strikers, even Barcelona when Suarez was there, you know, when Eto was there, when Henry was there, you know, like it's difficult to find uh, a, like a good replacement. I don't know how can I say it? like someone who is going to be adequate because you pointed out just now like the gap between Benzema and Jovic is so huge that you can't compensate for that. But that's the reason I was mentioning it in our in our group yesterday. Um, no matter what it takes, no matter who we have to deal with, you know, like even if it's Holland's dad, Holland's uh, pet dog, I, I don't care. We need to get him, and we need to get him in next year before you know someone else gets him, because Mbappe is already home. Like uh, I think at the non-point, uh, so like as of now, he is already in Madrid. Um, but Holland. It will be a big, big statement, um, and honestly, that would that would make me believe we are on the way back again to where but we then, were the three P team. But then, let me ask you guys this: like, I am mm. Holland now. Why do I go to Madrid that has Mbappe? Because the best player. Let me just finish. Right? When I can easily go to United or City and be the top dog there and still win things. Being being top dog in United City is not the same as being part of the greatest team in in the world, and Man. being one of the top dogs in Madrid. To be honest, you know, like eventually, like although football is a team sport, eventually it comes down to everyone's like how can I say your personal ambition. And I believe as a footballer, you want to be recognized as the best in your in, in your in, I don't know in your position in your profession or whatever it is. What happens now, it's going to be the same story with like the Paris guys with Mbappe and Neymar. And then if Paris wins the, uh, what's it called? The Champions League, and then who wins the Ballon d'Or? And people start to contemplate, oh, maybe it's Neymar, maybe it's Mbappe, maybe it's Messi. But if only Mbappe was at PSG, for sure he's the undisputed guy, even if he was shit in the tournament. Mm-hmm. You get my point? So now it now becomes like you share the spotlight with these guys, and like this guy is like maybe just two years older than you. Like you're, not, like, you're literally like in the peak of your career at the same point in time. So that's why I feel like maybe it's, you know, too far-fetched to want Haaland at this point in time. Maybe at a later point, if he goes to, like, United, he goes to Premier League and he tears it up, and then he eventually, you know, joins Real, I don't know. 
for me, uh, for me, the uh, like I read uh, Sunez, uh, you know, assertion yesterday in the group. For me, the question is like, uh, why would Erling Haaland come and join Real Madrid when uh, Karim Benzema is in the top of his form? You know, it's like it's not it's not even Mbappe. For me, his main competition is Karim Benzema, and let's be honest, uh, displacing Karim Benzema is not easy. Nah, but, you, you're, 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 the point is that you're not buying Haaland to, you know, how can I say, like, Benzema is 33, right? He no, it's like, um, okay, uh, you know, uh, let's, let's, let's look at the 2016-17 Real Madrid team. The thing is, like, yeah. we had world-class uh, players on the bench uh, that season. Yeah. But the thing is, like, uh, the most that you can do is one season with that. Uh, right now, Erling Haaland is like, uh, even if he loses one season, he loses a season of his development. So for uh, for me, uh, it's it's really tough to see him uh, come to be uh, come to compete for a spot with Benzema, you know, unless Benzema's form uh, drastically decreases. The reason I uh, sort of pushed uh, Raul de Thomas as a replacement, if uh, Jovic leaves, you know, a replacement for Jovic. The thing is, like, uh, if you guys remember 2014-15 season, like Farouk just pointed out, we had Chicharito coming off the bench. You know, Chicharito is somebody who could uh, make an impact off the bench. He had this ability to. Uh, knocking goals, you know, and I think Raul de Thomas has uh, shown that ability. So I think off the off the bench he can make an impact, and he can also start games and score uh, because he has shown that ability, you know, in inside the box. So I think um, if we look at somebody like Raul de Thomas to get in January and maybe send Jovic out or maybe sell him, I think that would be a good thing. But if Jovic balls out uh, in the upcoming games, I think then maybe we should just take things as they are and in the summer uh, i think erling Haaland will be an option of course i think florentino will try and sign him i think uh, what remains to be seen is uh, if erling Haaland is willing to uh, compete with benzema for a spot let me let me tell you guys something we can't depend on benzema forever like he's yeah that's for... true that's true but the thing like, is we like uh, we want him to play uh, until he retires at real Madrid. but that's that won't realistically happen you know that very well like if yeah. if he has a if he has a steep decline in form, we have no other option. But the, but the thing for me is like uh, Benzema is not going to accept being number two behind Haaland. Uh, the question is, is Haaland willing to compete with Benzema? Especially no, seeing Benzema, how things went up, went down with Jovic. Benzema is the most, most team-oriented player, I think, in Real Madrid. Like he, he took you know, big he, he did an interview ever. with uh, ESPN, uh, like I think in uh, October, and he said that there's no player in the world who I'm willing to be second to. You know, there's no, no player in the world who I'm willing to be a sub to. Nobody so, needs to be second to anyone, man. Like, I think from a team perspective, they should put their egos aside. I think if we manage, if Carlo and the people uh, in the management, and especially Perez, can manage to bring these guys together and tell them, you know, if you guys, like, keep your egos aside, work for the team. If, if Benzema is playing shit, bring him off at 60. Send Haaland in. We score a goal, we win the game, move on. Maybe Benzema, Benzema can accept coming off at 60, but will Haaland accept coming on at 60th minute and not starting games? Let them do that, man. The greater players have played together at Real Madrid, greater than these both can ever... The point is, the point, the, I think the point Mo is trying to make here is that Haaland is like still young. Like he hasn't achieved anything. Like uh, Mo talked about his development. So now literally when he starts coming off the bench at 60, it's mm. taunting his development. Imagine he's playing 90 minutes in week in, week out, week in, week out, you know? It makes him grow into the sport. He's young, you know. Actually, I uh, yeah, that's that's a very. But I think to be honest, like we can play both Benzema and Haaland together. But the point also I was, I was gonna say is that like 
uh, Sonido was talking about Carlo. I think most likely Carlo would not be the guy to usher these people in. Carlo is old for this guy, to be honest. Like he's too, he's too old for this young set of players. Like we need to usher the young kids in with a younger coach, to be honest. And that's my own personal opinion, anyways. But I just feel like you know Benzema is gonna like I think two seasons max. He's gonna play two seasons max, and we know like when the players come, it's not easy to adapt. As when as as Haaland would have established somewhere else, and I don't think he'll be moving to Madrid after that. I, I don't I don't see that. Like imagine yeah. he establishes himself yeah. in yeah. Liverpool. You know the thing is like um the the Real Madrid fan in me says like we should sign Haaland in uh, by hook or crook in the next summer, but the pragmatist in me is like uh, why would Haaland sign on to be competing with Benzema? It is, you know? it is down to the down to the club to convince him. Down to oh, the definitely. club. Oh, definitely. I agree on that point. You know. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Uh, just um, let's uh, let's go back to uh, Luka Jovic for for a moment. You know, we have been dis- discussing replacement for him, but I think the dude uh, dec- Sorry, uh, you know, Mo, can I just a lot of praise for his performance so actually, yesterday. You spoke about Chicharito like in 2015, right? Yeah. So what I want to point out is that like Chicharito has done it at the highest level. I feel like we need a sub who has that much experience at the high level football, and RDT has just played for you know the. How can I say, like, with all due respect to the Espanyols and all the things he's played, like, mid-table, like, I don't know, even relegation-threatening teams, man. So, like, will he be able to handle... Because the point is, to be honest, you said something that, although I don't agree with it, like, you said we had world-class players in the bench in the year 2016. We did not. Unfortunately, Morata is not a world-class player, and Danny Ceballos is not a world-class player. They're just good enough to play. I, Danny, I don't think we had Danny Ceballos in 1670. But, uh, okay, yeah, we had in 18, right? Like we had okay, like Thomas Rodriguez was good, right? Yeah. Yeah, I th- I think uh, the point about Morata is like uh, although I like I, I dislike him very much these days, uh, but uh, in sixteen seventeen he he was he was approaching that level, so I think it's a bit disingenuous to say that. Actually, I feel it's just I feel it's the same thing with this British players. You know, like when you go into a good system, like a winning system, you're allowed to flourish because you have a base to flourish about, right? Well, the point is now that at that point in time, I am sure even if we had laced our boots and gone into the that Real Madrid team in the 16th season, like in the 2016, 2017 season, I feel we would have performed as well because the team was just playing at a, at a different level. The team was a whole different list. You know, uh, for, so for me, like, oh. yeah. Okay, for me, when it comes to Morata, the the argument is this: uh, the issue is that when he moved to London, he actually went through a personal tragedy. I think one of his closest friends died or something. So after that, uh, he has not been able to cope mentally with the demands that have been put on him. I think if Morata had stayed on at Real Madrid uh, instead of wanting to leave in 2016-17, I think his career would have turned out differently. But, uh, okay. I actually don't like, I don't bring the Chelsea thing into like Morata's issue because like, I know about like his personal issue and like, he could not adapt and also the team, even his teammates were doubting him, you know, so that's like a very huge thing actually. So the point is that, what I'm trying to make is that Morata flourished at Juventus, right? Yeah. Morata flourished at Juventus as a second striker, not as the main man. He was playing off the likes of Carlos Tevez and for Fernando Llorente, if I'm not mistaken. Wasn't it so? No, you no, know? He, was even with, then, he was playing with Paulo Dybala. Morata was the uh, target man. Before he came He's back to about the 2015 
before he came back to Madrid. He was playing. Yeah, yeah. he was playing. He was he was playing along with Paulo Dybala against us in the in the semis, right? I know in the quarters, I'm not sure whatever it was. Was Tevez there? Was Carlos Tevez there in 2015? Yeah, Tevez was there, right? Because they went to the final with Carlos Tevez, Paul Pogba, and these guys. I'm not sure. I think uh, Morata and Dybala used to play. They went to the final with these guys, okay? So the, the point I'm trying to make is that even in his first team at Juventus, like Morata wasn't like so all of a sudden, like Morata was good, but he wasn't the next level. Mm. You hear my point? Right? Anyway, like it's very hard to convince. I get your point. I get your point that we need um, like not world-class, but a very decent striker who can get at least 15 goals. We torn sheet of experience. My team, my key thing is experience. To be honest, because like we just don't need people who are you know like battle hardened strikers who played in the edition all this. Like, no, that's not it. I I think the point is like uh with Chicharito, you said he had played at the highest level, but the thing is like he never started for Man United, it was always a substitute, you know. And he once he left Madrid, strikers in Premier League history, man. Sorry, he was one of the greatest sub strikers in yeah, Premier yeah. League. You history. could say, <laughs> <laughs> oh, yes, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But the thing is, like, um, I, I think once he started starting at Bayer Leverkusen, I think uh, he was not very good with West Ham, he was not very good. So, yeah. um, I, I think, uh, RDT he has shown his ability to lead the line, and I think the way his play style is, he can come off the bench and make an impact. I think he, uh, like, okay, I agree that RDT is not. Or the best of players, or you know, the world class players around. But I think for Madrid, he can do a job, especially given the fact that he has a history with us. But uh, you know, if if Real Madrid don't uh, decide to sign him, I'm not going to be very angry about it because uh, I know he has his limits. We should, like. Let's hope Jovic gets gets you know like his his form back on track and this is a turning point um in, in his metric career let's hope that because you know uh, the, the last time i hope this would it would be look at your uh, turning point was his loan at frankfurt you know um yeah i, I don't know how like uh, how many of our viewers they have watched luka Jovic at frankfurt uh, i've watched him before his loan his, his actual permanent no no uh, okay yeah okay the thing is like uh when luka Jovic went to loan on frankfurt the difference between Luka Jovic of Frankfurt and Luka Jovic of Madrid was the fact that Luka Jovic at Frankfurt was uh, more free uh, and he had confidence to, you know, drop back. A, a lot of people uh, think of Jovic as a penalty box striker when he's not, you know. Uh, mm-hmm. This guy, he, he has the ability to drop down deep, uh, to yeah. play off of somebody. And mm-hmm. he connect, you know, like he did yesterday, connect, connect players across the forward line to, to play, <laughs> play with the midfield. But the thing is, like he he's not very good at you know taking the ball and driving. That's something no. that Benzema does very well. So mm-hmm. uh, the the thing with Jovic is like at Frankfurt he was very confident in his abilities, and mm-hmm. I think he was very confident in the environment. Uh, but at Madrid that was not the case. So when he came back to Madrid, I thought okay maybe this guy has gotten his confidence back. He has a new coach in Carletto, so maybe he can do well. But the thing is like the story has repeated itself again. You know Carletto doesn't trust him. Uh, even in the first half, his movement was not there, and mm. he was sort of struggling. He was he was fairly passive, you know. Uh, he mm-hmm. was failing to impose himself on the match. Uh, but that goal that Vinny put in, where he played a one-two with Jovic, and then Jovic scoring the second goal, like you know, it totally changed the complexion of Jovic's personal play style. He started mm-hmm. dropping deep. He had more confidence. Even his passes, you know, you could feel uh, there there was a, th- those passes were made by a top league striker, you know? Mm-hmm. So, okay, 
you know, uh, we can there have was, was, with Jovic, but I want to see how he does uh, in the upcoming ba- games. And is he able to retain that confidence before? There was you know? an instance uh, towards the end of the second half when I think, uh, I think was it we were defending a Sosirad corner if I'm not mistaken, and then we had the chance to counter. Um, and he noticed. Uh, I think it was Ferry on the right who didn't press, and he absolutely, you know, gave him uh, a earful. You know, like uh, I haven't seen Jovic do that because Jovic yeah. usually very reserved, like very laid back, like. It always like it, it almost always looks like he doesn't care. Uh, yeah, I think that that point is like he's uh, he's not comfortable. Uh, yesterday mm. after scoring the second goal, he felt comfortable. Mm. Yeah, that's that's refreshing, man. That's refreshing. Uh, but I yeah. I I want to see this continue. You know, I want to see this go on uh, because mm. uh, I think he's definitely going to start against Inter because Benzema is not going to be back for the Inter game. Uh, mm. From the latest update that I have read on Benzema, it's like. Uh, his injury is not serious. Like at the moment, they don't think it is serious. So there's yeah. a chance that he could be back for the Atleti game. But yeah. um, uh, it, the inter game is going to be very important for you. He has to showcase the confidence that he showed, you know, in yesterday's game. Mm. And then I feel like, you know, to be honest, I feel like, <clears throat> you know, there are some players who are confidence players. For example, like <clears throat> earlier today, I was just seeing the highlight of the game. Uh, <clears throat> I think it was between Venezia and Cagliari, I think. I'm not sure if I'm not mistaken. Anyways, like it's uh, Simeone's child, like Simeone's son, Giovanni Simeone. Yeah, right? Giovanni. Like what I was just saying, like Simeone has 10 goals in the league right now, right? But now yeah. I'm just remembering like this guy has scored, like he's a confidence striker. Like he's scored four in one game. He's scored two in three games, if I'm not mm-hmm. mistaken. Either two in two games and something like that. So literally like he's scored like 10 goals in 14 games, but he's only actually scored in like three or four games. Mm-hmm. You get what I'm trying to say? So like the point down becomes like, okay, if, eventually Jovic becomes this kind of player. He's not going to get continuity at Real because he's competing for literally the best, okay, like maybe the second best striker in the world, okay? Mm-hmm. So like he can't literally get continuity in this thing. And if he always needs to play like two, three games on the trot to get like continuity or like eventually score two, three goals before yeah. he can get into form in this, then I'm sorry, but he's at the wrong football club. Like that's just the thing, you know. And that's why actually I was pointing out to like, we need an experienced striker who has been there and done it. That's why, like, I brought up Dichov Chicharito, and as you uh, pointed to, he was a, a sub, so he knew the job. He knew the task, you know, at United. Yeah. So he knew what was required of him. But like, if the point is that Jovic, because Jovic will never get continuity. The point is, if Benzema is half fit, to be honest, I don't care what form Jovic and let's Benzema half fit. Let him die and we bury him there. It's okay. <laughs> like, that's perfect, you know. So, I don't know. So I think just, so, just to add to the point Faru was making, um, even Jovic, uh, Sunel, you said that you watched him before, uh, you know, his permanent stint at Frankfurt. He used to score yeah. a lot of goals in bunches, you know, four goals in one game, three goals in yeah. another. Oh, this is the point, you know, this is the he point. He and Rebic used to tear it up. Yeah. And yeah. Yeah. And don't, up. Don't forget Haller. Eh? Yeah, exactly. It was Rebic, Haller. And, this. and actually, you know, it's also uh, just to bounce off point. Really, I really love like Sebastian Haller a lot. When he went to West Ham, boy, just didn't work out, man. Really. Yeah, he's, I really he's, he's, no, he's amazing. Just, yeah. You know, bad bad transfers. I don't know, like bad you guys because now he's he's back at Ajax and he's just tearing it up, man. He's tearing it up, putting it Ajax, man. So I'm happy for him. Let's let's move on from Jovic and the strikers. We have spent so much time on them. Uh, we should talk about some of the unsung heroes of yesterday. Uh, Casemiro had a few few shocking turnovers in the first half, which is yeah. quite usual by 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 his his standards, but. But then he improved. Then he stepped up big time. He was he was rock solid. 
you know so big ups to kasamiro um and i hope this continues man and yesterday was the first time like yesterday was the first time i actually liked hil manzano because i usually <laughs> hate that guy and the fact that he did not give uh, casemiro a casemiro like, second year like, like, like i was like okay, i love this guy though yeah yeah that's that was like and actually i don't know why i can't recall like i was trying to think, remember like yesterday was like the first time i saw like modric with the captaincy in la liga i couldn't recall if i had seen him before like it like, really yeah, done it for maybe 10 minutes earlier i think two three games before yesterday i think yeah he, yeah. he will be on band for like 10 15 minutes uh, yeah so now i'm just kind of thinking against inter like luka is a captain <laughs> if he starts if he starts Yeah. Thought, yeah. I hope he doesn't start so yeah so let's not delve into that again. Um Kamhal was very good. Uh yeah. he was up and down was was putting in a good shift. Mendy was decent. Um although his his attacking output is, is still lacking. Um Rodrigo. Um I'm I'm a huge fan. I'm a huge fan of Mr. UCL. He always is very intense, you know. and the thing uh, the thing that i like about him the most is that he's very direct like he is no nonsense in his uh, in his driving runs some some people hate it um which i don't get why but yesterday i can i can um understand the sentiment uh, that he was very passive he was he was doing just just the normal stuff that anyone who would play right wing would do he wasn't doing anything special um and he had a quiet game by his standards uh i hope he steps up and like do you guys think asensio will start against inter i think rodrigo yeah, is going to start i think it's alternating between those two guys i think at the moment like no one has a i don't know i don't think no one has the role for himself just yet but do you think rodrigo will start again no i think asensio will start actually okay mm. uh, for for me is rodrigo but uh, before before we move into that uh i would just like to say that um i think uh Carvajal uh, Mendy had brilliant defensive performances and mm-hmm. uh, you know like Alaba and Militao Militao was like something that we already addressed he was phenomenal Cruz mm-hmm. had a good game but i think the biggest takeaway was like initially when uh, uh, Benzema went off injured a, a team sort of became disorganized but yeah. in the second half i think Carlo made some tweaks in the tactics in the dressing mm-hmm. room and i think uh, when we came back we were like we were in command Because I remember uh, in the first half against Lariel, we had actually actually had less passes than them, so yeah. that was sort of surprising. But I think we have to we have to appreciate the fact that Ancelotti was able to make the ta- uh, tactical changes that mm-hmm. uh, that made us improve in the second half and the game management, as you said earlier in the video, uh, it was mm-hmm. phenomenal. Actually, this is it. Just comes to me naturally. Like whenever I'm watching the game, I'm like, okay, just wait till the second half. Something's gonna happen. Like whatever happens in the second, like it's been a trend so much this season. Like you know. Like even if even in the games where we are like winning in the first half you see like there's a huge difference in the performance in the second half whatever happens you know i don't know like for us it's understandable because you know like as we uh, pointed out earlier like Benzema and Jovic are two different players you know like one is a penalty box like a typical striker and the other one is like you know just something else so that's why it's it was logical for like the play to be disorganized because you know we could not change just while the game was going on and all that so We won that. More than that, I really just expect these things in this moment. Like the second half is just going to be better. That's what I just always feel. Always when I'm watching. I don't know, man. Hopefully one day it's never too late for the second half. Yeah. Like, can't deny how how crucial um, yesterday was, man. Like, 
I know it is a, um, is a very tough place to go. It's always a cauldron. People are up for it, you know. Um, so all the, all the more reason we, we, we got some very crucial stats uh, from yesterday. Militao made 10 clearances against Sociedad. Uh, the most by a Real Madrid player in a match this season in all competitions. Yeah, um, Militao really stepped up yesterday. I have to agree on that. And I think the stats are just backing that up. Yeah, I think that was pretty evident. Um, again, another very satisfying start to uh, start to uh, to read. Uh, Real Madrid are the first team with different uh, players to score ten plus goals in the top five European leagues this season. Benzema, yeah, definitely. Vinicius with ten. Who who would have thought? Yeah. Right? Who would have thought? Maybe Benzema, but on Vinicius. Yeah, that's that, that's the real um, you know eyebrow raising uh, point. Next one, um, zero. Oh my God, Sociedad have failed to register a shot on target for the yeah. first time in La Liga this season. Yeah, I, I thought, like, you know, we were expecting more from Sorlot and Isaac and even Oyartaval, and all they of them were pretty ineffective in the second half. Yeah, um, you know what happened from what, what, uh, little tactical nows I have. Um, the reason why Isak and uh, Sarlot played up top together was to capitalize on a, you know, very evident deficiencies um, in dealing with aerial threat. And I noticed Isak was a man missing yesterday. Like, yeah, yeah, he had a couple of bright moments. He just shied away, man. I don't know. Like, I, I used to love the guy and he was always hanging at the back post. Like, he just wanted... Um, uh, to capitalize on some mistake, uh, someone else did. Like he wasn't there to take the initiative. Yeah, maybe I mean, that... you know that that is why I uh, maybe it, it, there is something that I feel to fail to see with Alexander Isak. But mm-hmm. I see some people rate him very highly. But for me, I don't know. I have never rated him that highly because maybe whenever it comes against that, his performance yeah, but... has never been to that level where I think, oh yeah, this guy could be a Real Madrid striker. Real Madrid striker, man, that's that's a different breed. You know, like you, you can't class everyone as, uh, you know. Yeah, I the... agree with that. Actually, I feel like with Isak, it's like, you know, because I don't know if you guys remember also, like he was like a teen sensation, even like we were chasing him before he eventually went to Dortmund. And then, you know, it didn't work out that much and he came to Sociedad and all that. But like, yeah. I feel like, you know, with him, it's just like he needs the right environment. I feel like he has all the tools. Yeah. Just on the right environment with the right guidance, he can become something else. I think it's the same issue with Jovic. He's not, he's, he's not very, you know, he doesn't impose himself on the game. He no. doesn't take like, the initiative. Both of them look very, how can, how can I put it? They both look very physically imposing. Like when, when, when you look at them, they look like pretty strong, you know, um, but they rarely use it to their strengths. Like, you know, they, they rely on some other stuff to uh, help them navigate defenses. Like I always thought, like if Isak could improve his hold-up play, he he is really good. Like he has the pace, he has the burst of acceleration to get past people. So yeah, yeah, yeah. But they don't have the big. Uh, I don't think like Isak has that big game. You know, that ability to step up in big games. He's still young, man. He's still yeah. young. You, so, you know, know what? What uh, I I don't know how many of you know, but like Stephen A. Smith. Uh, the guy always says he doesn't have the clutch gene in him, so maybe that's the thing, you know. He just doesn't have the big game moments in him. Who NBA is guy, right? Sorry, 
The NBA guy, Stephen A. Yeah, Stephen A. Smith. Yeah, the oh, NBA okay. guy. Okay, okay, fair, 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 fair. Right. Um, another interesting stat. Okay, for all the Rodrigo haters out there, Real Madrid have avoided defeat in their 26 La Liga games with Rodrigo going as starter since 2019-20. Won 18, drawn 8. Now, isn't that surprising, boys? Yeah, yeah, I like that. Uh, but I would be more happier if the number in the wins column was greater. Mm, like, there should be a reason why we... That's, that's just coincidence. I don't think it's coincidence. Rodrigo plays, a, Rodrigo plays a good part. Like, you know, put some put some credit on the guy, man. Like, he... Yeah, and no, I'm not shitting on Rodrigo, but I'm just feeling like this start is like a coincidental start. Now. It's, it has nothing to do... I, I don't know. The you guys... Know, like, Rodrigo, like, Rodrigo, actually, I feel like... As you pointed out, Eddie, actually, he's a direct guy and he does his defensive part of the job. So for me, I feel like he's okay. He's good enough. Well, I just feel like this stat is just like a coincidence, actually. I don't know. Come on, man. Come on. Anyway. You know what? Rodrigo's haters are hating on him. He's out supporting Croatia today at the Davis Cup, along with Luka Modric. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, oh. He, he just did an interview, I think, with Movistar. Oh, okay. Okay. Nice. He's living um, a good life. Yeah, props to him, man. Another thing I love about Rodrigo, you, you know why I have this soft corner? Uh, I've, I've seen so many interviews about him. It's almost like if I was good enough to play for Real Madrid and I ended up there, I would be exactly the same way he does interviews. Like, whenever people ask him quizzes, questions or anything, he knows everything, man. He knows every detail. Who scored on what day? Who scored the winning goal? How many goals were there? By how many goals did we lose? Like, He's a you fan, know, yeah? Yeah, he's a proper fan, proper fan. Like Vinicius, you can see Vinicius was not really a real Madrid fan. Obviously, you would be uh, a fan of Cristiano and what he used to do at Madrid, but he wasn't a Madridista. But Rodrigo, in essence, is is a proper Blanco. Um, so anyway, um, another uh, one final start to round it off. Vinicius has a goal contribution every 88 minutes in all competitions this season. Again, very impressive, very impressive. Yeah, I, I think that just highlights his growth in the final third. His decision yeah. making has improved, his goal scoring has improved. So I think Vinicius with confidence is a different player. Mm. Absolutely. Um, yeah, you know, while we are on the topic of stats, I would like to present an interesting stat. Real Madrid, I think we are like 16 points ahead of Barcelona in the table. <laughs> Never a bad stat, eh? That one. You know, and we just probably. share the screen to show the table just to, 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 to you know, physically. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, okay. So, looking at the table, um, we are first on 39, Sevilla with the game, uh, in hand is on 31. Betis is third. Oh my god, real Betis is third, uh, with 30. Atletico is fourth with the game in hand, uh, on 29. Procedad is fifth on 29. Rayo is sixth on 27. Barca, oh my god, um, is seventh with 23. I'll be with the game in hand. Yeah, but I, 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 thought, I think Osasuna can equal them today if they win. They're drawing at the moment. Um, with, I, uh, I think a few interesting things to point out from the table is the fact that uh, Sociedad, they were, uh, they were leading the table like a couple of weeks ago. And now yeah. they're out of the Champions League spots, and yeah. that too when they have a game in ha- game, like they have played an extra game uh, mm. again, like compared to like Sevilla and Atleti. 
Mm. Uh, I think the uh, interesting thing is like uh, Sevilla's game in hand is against Barcelona. So yeah, exactly. what do you think? What what result would you guys want from that game? Yeah. A draw? I don't know, man. Yeah, a draw, a draw, a draw would be good. Draw would be draw good. Be good but I wouldn't. I wouldn't mind a Barca win. You know, mm-hmm. um, just just so that uh, you know, uh, just so that the uh, like what Tano says, you know. You know, balance does everything should be. You know, like if Barca <laughs> nick a point of Sevilla, it helps us all the all the lot more. But I, I saw I saw the the goal that they conceded. Um, I, I watched the uh, I watched some extensive uh, bits of the first half. I was on and off uh, between my work, but I still got some um, got some time to watch the uh, the game uh, the game against Betis. Uh, they controlled it fairly well. Like I, I thought they would nick it. Uh, like um, from what I see, at least uh, uh, like on my eye test, mm-hmm. uh, they, they're, they're so much better than Coman's Barca. Like mm-hmm. Chavez Barca has a um, uh, much more potency, in in my opinion. Uh, they're they're much more like uh, d- direct, lot more direct than Coman's Barca. So, man, the goal, the goal, Dest. Sergio Dest, I, I don't know what he was doing. You know, like he just he just slept off, like proper FIFA dump AI defending that was you know shocking, shocking. I, I, think, I, I was thinking actually, the point was that actually to me, I just felt like Barcelona under Koeman. It was okay, maybe Koeman was shit or whatever it was, but it was just more about like lapse in defense. Like someone loses the ball, someone is out of position, someone is you know. Someone runs faster than someone. You know, that's just what happens always. And as you just pointed out rightfully, like, the goal was like, I don't know, it was like a training ground goal. Like, you know, they, like, I can't recall. I think one missed call or something. Like that. I think the, one, the winger came in, like, he caught back. He gave the ball to someone. The person didn't shoot. He gave the ball to one P and one missed. Like, you know, it was just like, I don't know. To be honest, I haven't actually watched Barca, like, right out. But let's see, man. Let's let's see against... I think throws, man. Like as soon as he saw he okay, he had like a couple of options he could he could just show himself or just you know like pass it sideways for a simple tap and he didn't know where to commit to you know like he just he just froze. Um, I I think uh, with Xavi uh, I think we have to give credit where it's due. I think Xavi yeah. uh, uh, first of all has the uh, let's say he has the standing within the club to make changes. Mm-hmm. And take stands that other managers would not. You know the same thing that was with Zidane with us. I think yeah. Xavi has that uh, has that standing at Barcelona to do those things. And mm-hmm. the other thing is like uh, we have to agree is like uh, Xavi did some good stuff in uh, with Al Sadd. So yeah. um, that's probably showing with Barcelona. He's a lot of a people people's man. Coleman used to piss off you know whoever he wanted. Like he would just wake up one fine morning. Oh, I'm gonna piss off this chick, you know, this guy, you know, the yeah, the yeah, yeah. Guy. I think uh, Ronald Koeman he has a history of falling out with his players. So yeah. I don't know how, what how he went, you know, how he was went along with uh, players at Barcelona. But Xavi, mm. uh, he is like, um, he has that, uh, let's say, he has that standing to ask for things in the Barcelona dressing room. And I think yeah. um, Barcelona has some good kids in Nico and uh, who's the other guy? Gavi, right? Yeah, they have some good kids coming up. So well, that actually, helps. The point is, this, like, when you're saying like, okay, like Xavi has a good standing, but like Koman wasn't a shitty player himself. 
Coleman, if I'm not mistaken, was the European Cup winning captain at Barca as well, right? Yeah, Coleman is actually the guy who scored the goal that won Barcelona. The exactly. Coleman is like a very high scoring defender. Like I could recall that like, he was very, he was on penalties, he was on free kicks and all these things. Like Coleman also was a very good, you know, uh, was but a very he wasn't exactly part of this generation. Yeah, yeah. I, my point is eventually, like, no matter how good you are as a coach, you're only as good as your players are. Yeah. Yeah, I think so, uh, at some point, Javi is going to get found out as well because the players are the same that uh, Coleman had. But the thing is, like, uh, Xavi's standing comes from the fact that he was uh, great recently, whereas Coleman was great in 1992. So there has been quite some time in between, you know? So their standing has diminished a bit. You know, it's the same thing. Um, let's say uh, when you go to, uh, let's take the example of our subreddit. When you go there, not many people understand the standing that Raul has in the club, you know? Uh, and yeah. people think that Zidane has a greater standing at the club than Raul, but I would disagree. So there yeah. is that thing, you know? Yeah, not everybody. That's not even a topic. I mean, it's not something to disagree about, to be honest, because like Raul is a born and bred Madrid man. Yeah, so yeah. I, I think uh, that's the thing. Um, some some player like Xavi is uh, their version of Raul. He came came from their academy. He was their captain. So I think he, he was he was in, he was in Atletico's academy. If you guys didn't know that, Raul. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Man, he was yeah. there when he was thirteen. Okay, that doesn't. Yeah, matter. exactly. He was there like before even he <laughs> he was there when he was a boy. <laughs> but 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 adding to Sunet's point, his father like Raul's father is a is a big Atleti fan. Yeah. I, yeah, yeah, Raul. I think he came from San Cristobal, and I think that is like Atleti hotbed. Mm. We nicked one there, good one. <laughs> so, uh, moving on, I get the point about the recency bias, man. I get the point about the recency bias, anyways, man. Let's see what happens eventually because I just feel like the point is you know, we can understand the situation. Let's say, for example, you know, like we can give an example with Manchester United, you can feel like okay, maybe United are not as good at like Liverpool, City, and Chelsea, but for sure they're best, they are better than West Ham. So they shouldn't be below West Ham in the table. But the point now is that you come and you try to compare the teams of Sevilla and Barcelona or the teams of uh, Sociedad and Barcelona. And to be honest, like, you just find some outliers there. Like, you can honestly, like, honest to God, say, okay, like, this team is much more better than this. You know? That's, yeah, yeah. That, that's a fair point. That's a fair point. So I don't know, man. Let's just see what he does. I, I hope he succeeds, man. So at least, you know, we can have proper classicos and enjoy some good. Oh, man, I hope he really gets Barcelona. I don't really care. <laughs> Maybe Castilla gets promoted and we can have El Clasico in the second. <laughs> but actually, I read some while back that you can't have two teams in the same like division. No, no, like our Castilla and uh, Barcelona in the segunda. Oh, 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 okay, okay, I get you, I get you. won't ever get relegated, so yeah, let's keep that aside. <laughs> you know, just one point before we move on. Uh, I think uh, we need to give big props to Rio. This is a team that um, came up because of uh, qualification. Yeah. They actually finished sixth in the Segunda last season, but uh, they won the promotional playoff. Yeah. And now they are, I think, they're the highest ranked team of all the teams that came up. And their play has been really amazing, you know. Like uh, previous Rio sides, like previous Rio sides, you know, they would attack, attack, attack and not defend. But I think this one under Andoni Iraola. I remember the game 10 2 or something, right? Yeah. Under Maybe. Paco Hemes. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah, but uh, I think this Rio side, they, they know how to defend and they know when to attack. So I think Iraola has done a, an incredible job with them. And, you know, one player who we should not forget is their left back, Fan Garcia, who used to be our Castilla player. Oh, and yeah, maybe, yeah. Yeah, maybe, in the, maybe in the future he could be one coming back. Let's hope. 
that's all that's all yeah uh yeah arayo is a good team um betis sevilla usual suspects betis i i never thought they would be doing this well but yeah i think i think uh, betis has taken the advantage of the fact that atleti has struggled a bit and uh, yeah apart from that uh, vrl has struggled as well and pellegrini mm. is a good coach yeah exactly that's what i was going to say pellegrini pellegrini is a good coach and like i think like pellegrini doesn't get the respect he deserves you know even in england you know, he won the league but still like it's just like you know he he won because liverpool slipped and stuff like that but i feel like he was because i think he was the 99 point coach as well right yeah was it 99 point coach right the one yeah. like he was the highest he was the best second place finish in the history of la liga so yeah like, it wasn't easy man like you know playing against the barcelona teams so those days so Well, anyways, man, I'm, I'm I'm happy he's back and he's doing well. Because you know he went to West Ham and it was a bust as West Ham as well, so it wasn't good. Yeah, yeah. glad to see him back here. So moving on, we have a huge game on on Tuesday against Inter. Um, to begin with, fuck Inter. Okay. <laughs> yeah, this guy is a Milan fan, right? Yeah, and all of all of the uh, you know interesters, you know, they they can go into hiding very soon. Uh, although they're doing very well in Syria, uh, I I don't see them you know going past the round of 16 um, in the Champions League. They have a very well balanced team this time around, um, and a coach to back it um, with our uh, Inzaghi's brother, uh, who is um, Simeone Inzaghi. He he has uh, a knack of nicking results, but his European record is is shambolic. So. um i i don't i don't have much hope in them going um very far uh, into the knockout stages but on tuesday they'll have a proper threat um they'll be uh they'll be coming uh, to the bernabeu uh with revenge on their mind and what do you guys think about their team who who okay, do you like, think is first of all i think we uh, we have to handle the fact that uh, simeone inzaghi has done a good job like uh, people did not expect that uh, he would do as good a job replacing Conte as he has done because i think they are just one point behind milan i expected it because you know why because they no, no. both play i i simple. agree because i th- uh, my point the point i was trying to make, like i was uh, going to complete it off with was the fact that i think simeone inzaghi is one of the underrated coaches in the world because he's a good yeah. job with lazio and exactly, exactly. Yeah. so exactly. Uh, i think like uh, inter are one point behind milan right understanding yeah Yeah, so I I think uh, Simeone Inzaghi has done an incredible job, especially given the fact that they lost Lukaku and Hakimi. Mm-hmm. So uh, and the players that he has brought in in Hakim Korea and I think Denzel Dumfries they have done well. Although I'm not sure how good Dumfries is, despite the fact that mm-hmm. ESPN ranked him eighth as you know eighth best right back in the world over Carvajal. I don't know mm-hmm. how that happened. ESPN does not know football at all. So. But the thing is, like, um, uh, Dumfries is a little bit up and down. But uh, the other side, I think, with the Perisic and Bastoni, has really stepped up this season. Yeah, you know, and uh, I think even Edin Dzeko is a threat, exactly. especially in the air. Joaquin Correa, Edin Dzeko, uh, Martinez—they have plenty of firepower. You know, Dzeko, very seasoned veteran. And you know, you cannot forget forget that guy that Milan fans hate, Hakan. I, I don't want to talk about him, but since you since you brought it up, um, you know, like if 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 you ever want to buy 
anything made of snake leather you could probably wear the store wow holy <laughs> Yeah, you, you could just probably not really understand what happened with Hakan like at, at Milan because I feel like he was like he was like a key player and he was playing well and they liked him he liked them then what happened over sudden he went to Inter I think the breakdown in contract negotiations uh, negotiations was down to the fact that he wanted a bigger contract um more bigger money. contract as in, yeah uh, an, an extra couple of years and more money and we weren't willing to do that he was always a one off player like yeah he would have like a brilliant moment uh, in a couple of games and then he would be completely missing for like seven games six games straight um he scored from the corner over the weekend yeah he scored on the corner yesterday yeah, <laughs> yeah. he has uh, mo- moments like this but i wouldn't bank on him to carry any team in the world ever like he like if <laughs> It's almost like Giroud. Like if you like people used to say, right? Like if if you show something. What happened something, to Giroud? Is he playing? I don't think he's. Giroud is injured at Milan, right? Giroud, uh, I don't think he's injured. Uh, I think he came back to fitness and he was actually stepping in instead of uh, Ibra uh, at least a couple of weeks ago. But since then, Ibra has been consistently starting. Okay. Giroud has done a good job, man. Like I can't um, slate him anymore. I used to slate him enough when he was in Arsenal. and when he used to play for chelsea and he did that all celebration when he won the europa league against us and whatnot but yeah he's been doing good but yeah coming back to hakan uh, very on and off player like if you show his uh, like compilation to someone like they would think he is a three time ballon d'or winner you know like uh, yeah very flattering to deceive yeah you know you know what what if this was star wars you would say the hate is strong in that one <laughs> yeah Kate is very strong. I I can't deny it. I can't deny it. But I think I think Sunil made uh, a good point about Hakan. I think he's a bit a little bit inconsistent. Uh, mm-hmm. When he first broke out at Leverkusen, I expected more from yeah, him. Exactly. You know, I expected that he would go to a higher level than he has. But mm-hmm. even then, he's always a threat on set pieces. Hakan. Yeah, actually, the point is, I think Hakan is just one of those players we're talking about. He's a streaky player because now I think he's caught like I think in three consecutive or four consecutive games from in. for Inter in the uh in Syria if i'm not mistaken yeah like i think he has like uh game. four goals in the last four games or something exactly so like he's a streaky player so that's the kind of person and actually for me also like i feel like hakan is like a very one dimensional player yeah. Like yeah if he doesn't have like the he's not the guy who's going to beat he's not the guy who's going to run past people he just no. knows how to like he needs just space like he needs to find space to trade in passes or he needs the ball to be like fixed as you said like a set piece So he needs like a ball which is like not moving. He needs like a ball which stopped, and then mm. he can hit it very good. I think like in hitting, like in hitting like non-moving balls, Hakan is one of the best in Europe actually. But like you can like the ball, the the game is always moving, so you can't you know just keep stopping the ball and hitting it that way. Athleticism is is like the the is the lad you you might see in an Irish pub taking pints. So like his, his athleticism is very poor. Like yeah, yeah. he he can. got a goal from the edge of the penalty box like he he has a good good shot on him actually you know here like in turkey like because uh, i went to the last turkish game at the in the last the last qualifier he played at home it was against okay. gibraltar actually they scored six goals if i'm not mistaken and like literally everyone was waiting like he, even in the game like hakan could not make good corners or like he wouldn't make good shots you know and like all, all turkish people are just like okay we see this guy for leverkusen we see him for milan we see him for inter and like he mm. can't replicate what he does there on the international stage you know So like this is one player marketing that of course like every Turkish football fan is always wondering okay when will the Hakan of Europe show up in Turkey you know he plays mm-hmm. in top European competitions but he's never 
shown up in Turkey, actually. So I just feel it goes back to the issue of being a streaky player. So when he gets into the team, he gets used to them, and then he goes on a streak, as Sunay said, and then for the next six, seven games, he's off. He's missing. He's missing. He's. Um, yeah, that's, that's just but it. I think Inter's strongest point is their defense, right? Yeah. That's Tony, yeah. Skriniar. And I think, uh, I think uh, Stefan de Vrij is not fit, but uh, no. will he be back for Madrid? Uh, I don't think so. He, he's been out for a bit, if I'm not mistaken. Like, he has yeah, I think he's been out since the international break. Yeah, yeah. Like, uh, I've been keeping a close eye on them because I have to. Um, and I haven't seen him featuring, um, yeah, like like you said, after the international break. Uh, yeah, the defense, like, even, even Perisic, you know, on um, left wing back, whenever he plays there, like he has been phenomenal. Uh, Brozovic uh, in midfield as, as a tank. Um, they have they have a lot of uh, very good players, man. Um, even Demarco. When Barilla, I mean, we're forgetting someone very important, bro. Nico Valera. Barella, of course. That's a, that's the obvious one. Like, yeah, yeah like I love the guy. He's the only guy I love um, in the inter team. You know, like he's he's just Looks like Bastoni, man. I was actually hoping we get Bastoni once upon a time. Yeah, like I, I still I still hope that we get Bastoni. Oh. We can pry him up from Inter. Like I was, I watched, I I loved Bastoni a lot, man. I watched him last season. Actually. Yeah, you know the thing is, like, uh, whenever I go to this hub, I see a lot of people wanting uh, Screenier, but I think Bastoni mm. is one player that would really help us because uh, he's good in the air. He is mm. left-footed. He has mm. an eye for the pass, and he's pretty exactly. good defensively on the ground. Exactly. Sorry. That's what I like. The pass, actually, the passing range he has, you know. Because actually, there's this guy also, I don't know, maybe you guys noticed as well, like Bonucci at Milan. Mm-hmm. Like, his passes are like, wow. Yeah. Uh, sorry, I mean, I said Bonucci at Milan. Bonucci at Juring. Like, his passes are like, wow. Like, he has a very good passing range on him. And like, his passes mm-hmm. are, wow, exquisite. Yeah, but I think that, uh, the thing with Bonucci is not, that his defense is not uh, to that level, you know? Because, like, Bonucci as a passer is, like, exceptionally world-class. Uh, Bonucci as a defender, I wouldn't call him like uh, at the very world class level, but he's like a level below that. But I think with Bastoni, he's like uh, he's good at passing, he's good at defending. He's only like twenty-two, he has... eh? Yeah, he's only twenty. Yeah, yeah, he's twenty-three actually. I think, right? Uh, I think he's twenty-two. Twenty-two. Oh, oh man, you're making such a controversial statement about Bonucci, man. Man, yeah. are we talking about the same Leo Bonucci? Okay, I can agree. Like these days, he's not as he used to be. But man, Bonucci. I mean, I, I, I wouldn't I, I wouldn't disagree if somebody told me that Bonucci, Berzagli, and Chiellini was like is like one of the best, greatest backlines of all time. Uh, and I agree with that. But I think Chiellini and Barzagli are better defensively than Bonucci. And I think, don't think that is very controversial to say. Okay, yeah, they are better than him defensively, but like that doesn't take anything. Like even him. at Milan, I think uh, Bonucci struggled a little bit defensively. That's what I was gonna say. Like when Bonucci went to Milan, he was shit. He didn't even, he didn't struggle a little bit. He was pure shit. Another thing I don't want to mention. So <laughs> there's snakes everywhere. <laughs> okay, but uh, ignoring that, I I think uh, Bastoni uh, Bastoni is one of the players that we should be looking at if there ever there's a possibility Barilla, to sign. Barilla, these are the people we should be looking at, man. Bastoni and Barilla. Yeah, I think with Nico Barella, the thing is like uh, uh, Hakimi's departure has impacted them a little because uh, I was going through some of the interfans' opinions, and I think they are they are a little bit disappointed with how Barella has uh, come up this season, you know, because mm. they expected more from him, and I think he hasn't performed. But then I think Barella has, has one goal and five assists, man. Not bad for a midfielder. Not bad. No, actually, I think uh, more. I think what uh, Mo was trying to point out is that because like, he played on the same side with Hakimi together, okay? I understand. So like, there was this dovetail between them both. 
like you know just not the output actually just the gameplay itself entirely yeah uh, right now like you know Dumfries is just new so he's getting used to the getting used to the I don't know too and I think Dumfries a little bit inconsistent yeah I think Barella has the quality there's no doubting its potential but the thing is like there's a game beyond the stats and I think Barella has not been uh, the same player you know at the same very high level that he was performing last season so so but you know you can never underrate him underestimate him because tomorrow he might come out and score a wonder goal yeah he was one of the big reasons why we won uh we as in italy won the euro um because he was sensational and yeah. i'm pretty sure he'll he'll be back to his very best very soon and i, I hope it's not in europe and um in Syria, I hope it's just maybe in the Coppa Italia. Jacko, we've got to watch out for Jacko, man. Like, yeah. Yeah. I think Jacko is always a threat. Yeah. yeah, he's always a threat. Man. The way he moves, you might think he, he, he might just stumble um, and fall on his feet. You know, like he moves so awkwardly, he runs like a truck. I think his turn radius is like just 40 degrees. That's it. You know, just very rigid. Yeah, yeah, he can yeah, he can yeah. he can poach a goal or two. So, gotta be wary. Uh, our um, aerial uh, deficiencies will be put to the test yeah. very much. Um, yeah. And we'll we'll find out how much the Sociedad, you know, defensive fault solidity is for real. We'll find out against Inter. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. All the all the fancy uh, stats and whatnot is fine until the next game kicks off on yeah. Tuesday. Yeah. Okay. I hope. And I want to see how Jovic does. Yeah, against a very very solid back line, what Jovic can do. Um, so I, yeah. I guess um, uh, we should we should see what our predictions are for the game. I, I would take a draw. I would take a draw. Same here, man. I'm taking a draw. Nothing too fancy. I'll take a draw. I know a draw is enough, but we shouldn't be ruthless and just, just go for the throat. I, oh, I yeah. want to go against Inter. No, I mean, just game, like how should I say, like control, you know, control, just hold control of the game and hope mm. to defeat Atleti at the weekend, man. That's just it. Like it's an inconsequential game. You win, you draw, it's so all the outcome is same. Just yeah. draw and hope you don't beat. PSG in the next round. That's just it. Mm, mm. To be honest, like I just feel it's unfair. Like, how can we like finish first and most likely play PSG in the next round? How is that even possible? I mean, I wouldn't mind PSG. They aren't very good. Okay, I also don't mind PSG, but the point is that you have players who can individually decide games. And the truth yeah, is yeah, like no, no, I agree. I agree. I agree. Like, no matter how good like your game plan is, these are people who destroy game plans. You know, even if they're like shit and they're off form and anything. Just one single moment of brilliance and it's game over. And you I don't want that. to see, I don't want to see Hakimi play against Ramadan did again. That is really sad. <laughs> oh my God. It will be, like be like a weak point to exploit. It's like playing against Trek Arnold. you know? You know, okay, he's going to hurt you, but there's a chance you guys, you can hurt him as well, man. Yeah. So that's, that's, that's the thing, actually. That's the thing. The thing I don't even want is playing against Ramos, man. That would be so awkward, man. <laughs> Ramos got injured again, eh? Oh, that almost got injured again. I don't know what's up with him at first. I think, man. yeah, I think it was it's just. I don't think it's like very serious. It's just a minor thing. So probably mm-hmm. he'll be back midweek against. I think they're playing his Club Brugge, right? Club Rouge? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Nah, I'm not sure about yeah. that. Anyways, whatever they're playing, they're already second. So 
Shame on them yeah. for being <laughs> But yeah, you know, if you finish first, you can at least avoid Bayern and City. And maybe... Oh, yeah, I know. You know what I mean? At least, you know, yeah, of course, not just even them, you can avoid Liverpool and Chelsea as well, man. So that's, that's also a thing. Imagine this team being tested against Bayern City. Oh my God, the wake-up calls. Or we're going to eventually get tested against them. Hopefully, if we get... Like but a, you know I, the Bayern's Bayern's backline is pretty, uh, you know. Uh, pretty easy. I, I get it. I yeah. get it. But they have the firepower up, up top to dismantle anybody. Yeah, but, I think Alaba could slip something to Lewandowski. They're friends after all. Yeah, maybe maybe they could just uh, Alaba could uh, invite him for dinner the previous night and you know. Yeah. Doing some salt based stuff. That's the only way I see us doing a number on Bayern. Bayern at the moment. To be honest, like I think the team I fear the most would be City. Oh, definitely, man, definitely. Like it's because like City is the one team that okay, although they don't have a striker, it's a team which is much more balanced that you actually find it difficult to exploit. You know, the midfield or the defense, something like this. But for Liverpool, you know, eventually their high line you can just run past it if you have good passes and fast plays, and you have Vinicius and Tony Cross for this. You know, and also their pressing, their pressing would kill our midfield, and they, they would just. Suffocated like. for sure, but we've seen the we've seen the blueprint like Brighton, West Ham. You know they've shown that these things can be done. Just I think uh, facing Liverpool will be dependent on our, on our fitness, how we perform. If uh, we're able to go relatively fresh against Liverpool, uh, I think it would be easier. But if we go tired, uh, like last season when Cruz and Modric were dead by the by the middle of April, I don't think we could beat Liverpool. Man, what we're gonna do against Liverpool is what we did against Shakhtar: a one of four, double four. Yeah, yeah. That's just it. You, otherwise, like, there's no team who can play Liverpool in the expansive way. No, I mean, uh, Sunil has a good point. You know, uh, to exploit Liverpool's weakness, you need Cruz and Modric on top form. Yeah, this is If true. they're not, we can't win against Liverpool. But the thing is, like, uh, City, uh, our biggest advantage would be the fact that I, I think Carlo inflicted the biggest home defeat that Pep has ever had in Europe, like 4-0. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I, don't, I couldn't I even watch the yeah. game. I just read Guardian's, uh, you know, live commentary uh, on my phone. I still remember it. Oh, my God. I still remember. Everyone around me was sleeping. It was like, what, like 2 a.m. Um, in, in India? It was mad. I, I, I actually remember like, watching that game. That was, game, like, to be honest, what? like, okay, like, okay, Garibald didn't score and all that, but, like, I really loved Garibald's work rate in that game. He was like a mad dog, man. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, like, Bill okay. was just all over, man. He was, you know, like... He was putting and I'd like you would even sometimes you could even like assume that this guy was like a right back. But like he was putting the shift, man. Wow. What are you talking about? I didn't I didn't catch that. Like I was saying Garrett Bill in the game against oh, Bale, Bale. Bale. Yeah, Bale was like Bale. he put in a proper shift. I think like 2013 14 Bale is the best Bale that we have had, but exactly, man. Really, huh? to be honest, then he was wow. But wow. even then, you have to highlight how well Carvajal played, especially against the Betty. You know, yeah, that yeah. was that was the moment yeah. you you stood up and said, "Yeah, Carvajal is a world class right back." You know, exactly. and our right back position settled till the fact that we found out that he's very injury prone. Mm. Also, sorry, Farouk. Since we mentioned Bayern, uh, I I gotta get this in, man. Like, I think on Wednesday, Bayern play Barca, and if Barca doesn't win it, you know, they end up in uh, Europa League. I don't. Th- I think uh, Benfica has to win against Kiev. Yeah. Benfica no, will win against the. Uh, Benfica will win against Kiev most likely, right? Yeah, yeah. They, they they didn't win the return fixture. They drew with oh. Kiev. 
Oh. Yeah. So, yeah. Don't count your don't count your chickens before they hatch. Okay. Oh, okay, okay. That, that, that was that was. Let's do the job. Don't worry. That the rest is not no no. no so wait. So even if Barcelona loses and Benfica loses, Barca will go through. You say? Yeah. yeah. Oh. Okay. 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 Well, okay. Benfica is playing away at home. You know. You have, you have any idea? I think they're away. Well, let me check. Barca is away for sure. If Benfica is in Portugal, then we can back Benfica to defeat them. Okay. Because like Kiev is yeah, playing Benfica for is, Benfica is home. Yeah, Benfica is in Portugal and Kiev is playing for nothing because Kiev cannot even qualify for Europa League. So yeah, my money is on Benfica, baby, and then Bayern Munich should do the job. <laughs> Let's hope. And here come Europa League on Thursday. And you know, when 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 we make podcasts, we can just you know make a fourth screen and we can be showing the box again. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, guys, yeah, I think I think would be much more entertaining if Barca. Yeah, definitely. Them. I think I think on that note, we should probably we should probably be ending because our time is running out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Let's 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 call it. So, final predictions. I go with the two-one uh, against Inter. Uh, yeah, I hope, I, I'll take know, a draw, but I hope we win. Yeah, I hope we win too. I don't want yeah, to. One-one draw as well, man. One-one draw. Yeah, the wildest prediction is Rodrigo gets a hat-trick. You know, three-zero. <laughs> Mr. UCL, Mr. UCL, I hope he, I hope he steps on. Love the guy. Love the guy. So I think that's about it, people. Um, until we are back again after the Inter game, and the next one is is even bigger, the El Derby. So, yeah. Um, best of luck to the team, and I hope uh, Benzema returns ASAP. Allah Madrid, boys. Allah Madrid. Allah Madrid. Madrid.